Hi, this is Emily. When I was playing back the episode you're about to listen to, I noticed there were some strange noises in the background. Some of them I, I could explain, I knew what they were. They were us shuffling around with a bit of paper. But some of them, well, I wasn't really sure where they were coming from. And I decided, given the nature of the episode and what we were talking about, that I might leave them in and see if you guys could come up with any theories or any stories about what might be trying to reach out to us from the shadows. Hope you enjoy. Hello! We are Sounds of the Shadows, the podcast where the Shadow Girls get together, talk about folklore, fairy tales and other strange stories that have caught our interest. My name is Emily Collins. My name is Orla Devlin. My name is Georgia Dorley. And today we're going to be talking about... Ghosts. Yeah, because um, it's just... September has just started. Mm-hmm. And as far as I'm concerned, as soon as it's September, even when it's the end of August, it's perfectly okay to start preparing for Halloween. <laughs> Absolutely. You Definitely. have two months, Emily. I've got two months and there goes the clock. Yeah. <laughs> Time has started. It's now time, time for the ghost of Christmas past. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so I love I love ghost stories and things. I love being scared, and I think all people do. I mean, yeah, we've been telling ghost stories for as long as we've been telling stories. Yeah, seems. yeah, yeah. And everyone's always looking for like, why do ghosts exist? Why do we see ghosts? And looking for explanations. And you were you're both a bit of a psychic and a bit of a cynic, Georgia. Oh, I love that type. <laughs> the cynical psychic. Um, yeah, when I was a kid, I was obsessed with ghosts. I saw stuff everywhere. I lived in a quite an old house down in County Court for a while and I like was absolutely obsessed with this idea and like visiting really old houses, I'd yeah. always have one story or another from my, from my parents to freak <laughs> them out. However, now I'm a little bit like scientific explanation. <laughs> so I find it really fascinating, that idea of like, if ghosts are, if it is just a rational world and ghosts are not a real thing, what is it in our minds that makes us think that we're seeing this stuff? Yeah, like there's loads of, um, like there was a film made a while ago, like I think in the 70s, called The, the Stone Tapes, mm-hmm. which is based on this um, theory, you brought it up, that certain stones or materials are able to almost absorb energy. When someone comes along who is sort of has a sympathetic energy it draws it out mm-hmm. and you mm. you found a, a quote from of all things Juno, Juno and the Haycock oh. yeah when thinking about this podcast it suddenly came back to me studying theatre or trying to study theatre um I can't remember anything about Juno and the Haycock except this one quote from Mr Bentham is it Bentham it is Bentham and he just at some point in the play ghosts come up and he says Scientists are beginning to think that what we call ghosts are sometimes seen by persons of a certain nature. They say that sensational actions, such as the killing of a person, demands great energy, and that that energy lingers in the place where the action occurred. People may live in the place and see nothing, but when someone may come, when someone may come along whose personality has some peculiar connection with the energy of the place, and in a flash, the person sees the whole affair. So it's that idea of like very, very strong energy somehow imprinting on either an object or a geographical location. And some people who, I don't know, I think the term might be like empath or something. Yeah. Again, mm-hmm. something I'm very cynical about. Um, mm-hmm. Can access that. It's weird that that shows up in Juno and the Peacock. Yeah. Mm. Uh, for those who don't know Juno and the Peacock, it's by it's Sean O'Casey, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's Sean O'Casey and it's basically about this uh, set 
during the Civil War in Ireland, uh, set in the tenement house of uh, Juno, who is in a not great situation with mm -hmm. her family. Her daughter's on strike, her son is uh, crippled from the war and her husband is just a drunken layabout. Mm -hmm. And they think they're about to inherit a huge amount of money and then it turns out not and things go terribly wrong. And it's sort of, si uh, not sing. Okay, see, he's seen as, he, he writes about the working class Dublin, he writes about sort of the disillusionment with nationalism and he's not the one you'd expect to suddenly find uh, talking about ghosts. Yeah, yeah. But the thing, just from that quote alone, is like it makes sense why it would come up so much in theatre. Yeah. Because, you know, like in a theatre on a stage, like so many different things happen yes. every night and like so many different people come through it and they make something real that isn't yeah. real you know what i mean and you're sort of you're, you're trying to draw up emotions and yeah yeah emotions. yeah and like and like you you leave this sort of impression on the place or on the people that are in it and i think that's why there are so many superstitions around theater oh, as yeah, well the yeah. actors are, are incredibly superstitious. incredibly superstitious actually one i i love is it's said to be terrible bad luck to whistle in a theater yeah 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 i didn't know that it is, yeah but the reason is that when they used to have like the big scenery thing and the flies and they'd be pulling ropes the stagehands would whistle cues to each other as to which rope to pull. So if you're walking by whistling, mm -hmm. someone here would go, oh God, I'm, I, I, I'm I've, missed to, my cue. I've missed my cue. And yeah. they'll start pulling on the ropes, which were all counterweighted by very heavy sandbags, which meant that suddenly a sandbag would start dropping down. and it Splat. Yeah. And they basically seem to have worked out, okay, if we tell people, you know, it's a health and safety thing, they won't, they won't listen to us. But if we tell them it's bad luck... Then there we go. Which says a lot about humans. It does, yeah, yeah, yeah it really does. <laughs> and I think and I think that's why ghost stories are so popular and so important because yeah, nobody's gonna listen to say like, Oh, you shouldn't be doing that. That's you know, yeah. health and safety or it's bad for you or yeah, whatever. But if you say it's bad luck. If you yeah. say it's bad luck or you're gonna get haunted yeah, or something you, like you that. Bring a, little, bring a little bit of magic into it. Yeah. yeah. I was looking for just a little bit I think of magic. it's it's yeah. playing on our sort of fear of the unknown. You know, it's yeah. like the fear of the dark. You don't know what's there and therefore like, yeah, it's this idea of this shadow world or something. Yeah. And like you can't rationalize it, so you exactly. better not do it. Yeah. yeah. And you if know? you can't rationalise something, you're probably gonna get pretty spooked by yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, you found mm -hmm. actually a, a very interesting thing from Pillow. Yeah. Philip Pullman. Yeah. About I, I, trying to trying to rationalise the ghosts. <clears throat> yeah, I god Naz, I'm doing quite well this week. <laughs> <laughs> Very unlike me. But um yes, I read this fascinating article in The Guardian the other day. I think it was uh, two days ago it was published. Oh time there was different for podcasts. So the It was week. published sometime in early September. Yes. yes. Um so it was <clears throat> essentially just an article called Why We Believe in Magic and it was um by Philip Pullman who obviously wrote his dark materials. Um, best man ever. Uh, it's about this exhibition that's happening in the Ashmolean Museum Ooh. in Oxford um, that's called Spellbound, that is a collection of items that are sort of like superstitious items, you know, sort of like um, poppet dolls. Oh, yeah, sort poppet of like dolls and witch bottles. And witch bottles, yes, I saw an image of one of those. Yeah. It was terrifying. So apparently it's like, apparently a witch is inside of this bottle. It's like her... Oh, yeah. wow. Really? Oh, that's not the one I heard. I heard they oh. were, um, they were a form of sort of sympathetic protection magic. So you put in um, something that represents what you want to protect. So it might be like a piece of someone's hair or a mm -hmm. bit of blood. Oh. Uh, and then you put in something that represents protection, which might be like salt or healing herbs. And then something that represents the badness you're trying to keep away. So it might be like broken glass or urine sometimes. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> yep, as you do. And you put it in the bottom, you seal it up, and then you would like put it under the foundations of a house or something. Mm. And the idea would be that it would sort of keep away evil sort or just immunity. keep, keep yeah. things safe almost like a little 
magic vaccination. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it shows up in the, the film The Love Witch, which okay. I, if anyone likes sort of campy, gorgeously costumed, over-the-top horror films, definitely go look it up. Ooh, I'm looking that up. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yes, yeah, so this is this, this exhibition, and I, I think they had... Maybe the guy editing the images mm. got it wrong, but um, they have there a might witch be something else about for him. We're just gonna have to go, guys. Yeah, that's it. Anyway, mm. um, so yeah, he he had this wonderful paragraph where he sort of was talking about um, when it comes to belief in lucky charms or rings engraved with the names of angels or talismans with magic squares, it's impossible to defend it and absurd, absurd to attack it on rational grounds because it's not the kind of material on which reason operates. Reason is the wrong tool. Trying to understand superstition rationally is like trying to pick up something made of wood by using a magnet. And it's this, yeah, so this idea of when we are thinking about things, especially like ghosts, um, he also says like, you know, um, what is it, you know, when we start thinking about these sort of the shadowy existences, um, trying to shine a light on them is the worst thing to do. Yeah. You know, it's not about understanding them on a rational level where we pick them apart scientifically. It's about understanding humans' emotional reactions and yeah. perceptions to these things. Phenomenology. Yeah. Phenomenology. 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 Yeah. So you, you saw ghosts as a kid, or thought you did? I mean, like, yeah, so this is where the cynic comes out. Yeah, so when I was very small, uh, we, we moved to this this house in, in Cove, in Cork. It was 250 years old. It had been a nunnery at some point, something like that. And my, my sort of six-year-old self was <laughs> convinced that, like, every now and then I remember I was in the garden and I saw a figure through the, the trees... Um, and I thought, oh, my mum's bringing the, the washing in. I'm going to run around and sort of go boo or something. And I ran around the corner, um, past the hedge, and no one was there. <gasps> no one was there. Um, and there were a few times I, I thought I saw a dog by the gate, um, by the front gate of it. And I remember sort of running over because I, I love dogs. And yeah. It wasn't our dog. Who doesn't love like, dogs? Yeah, I want to see this dog out. Again, like nothing. I couldn't even hear f- paw prints or anything. Ooh, um, just gone. Yeah, and then also my uh, a sort of family friend has a very, very old house in England. Um, and I remember my dad telling me a story about me because I loved freaking people out <laughs> without realising it. Um, it was after dinner and dad brought me up and tucked me into bed and was sort of saying good night and bedtime story. And I just went, I was probably only four at the time, I just went, I hope that girl doesn't cry again tonight. Uh, <laughs> and my terrifying. dad was like... Oh yeah, yeah, no good. Okay, good night, Georgia. Went downstairs and everyone was like, "Are you okay?" And he was like, "Yep, yep, everything's fine." Apparently, I heard crying in the evening. Um, I also remember hearing like footsteps of like someone running around the room above mine and sort of being like, oh, "You know, who was who was running about last night up there in the attic?" And my dad was just like, um, "The attic? You you mean like that 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 room that's like super high security with lots of burglar alarms and no one's in there in the evening?" <laughs> there's a lot of artifacts and paintings there yeah mm. so spooky mm. so yeah I just had an overactive imagination in my opinion or, or maybe you just didn't tune into something because there there is sort of like in stories and things it does tend to be children dogs and teenagers and cats of course because cats are who see ghosts and spirits and things and then sort of when you get older you get a bit more rational mm. yeah I I freaked myself out once when we we just moved into this house. Um, like this is a late Victorian, early Edwardian, so it's it's old enough. I freaked myself out by convincing myself that it was haunted, mm-hmm. uh, which it it wasn't. It was like almost entirely my overactive mind. Mm-hmm. But when we'd first moved in, um, under the stairs there was sort of like a cupboardy thing, 
and we found there was like a little hole you could actually get into the foundations and of course being you know young children we got in there and got incredibly dirty mm-hmm. but whoever had lived in the house before clearly their children had also gotten into <laughs> the foundations because we found like this little tin box with like little toys and like this little old sort of child sized chair uh, that someone had definitely brought down but um yeah, my mind started freaking myself out and thinking, ah, the house is haunted. Yeah. They kept a child in the basement. Which, no, probably was just the same kids like me had found. Oh, hole, let's see what's down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I did the same thing to myself when we moved, when my family moved into their current home, which was newly built mm. when we moved in. You know, like we were the first people to ever live in it. Like there was yeah, no what houses. What if there were what? houses there before? You see, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. You know, like yeah. I would just, I'd be home alone, babysitting my brother or something. And I would just be going up to the bathroom and be like, oh, that's it. I'm going to be eaten by a demon. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm done for. It's probably built in an old graveyard. Everything seems yeah, to be. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like an old famine graveyard or something like. Yeah. yeah. But no, it was always fine. Was just... I actually had a bit of a spooky moment today where like in my apartment at the moment, um, like um, I'm the only one there this yeah. week. So you'd think like everything, you know, if I left something somewhere, it would stay in that place. But something like was moved Ooh. today and I was like, what is going on? And I couldn't find it anywhere. And of course, and I think this is the interesting thing with the human brain, because obviously I started jumping to the most irrational conclusions. I was like, someone's broken into the apartment. <laughs> it's like when you don't have a rational explanation yeah. for something that's not sitting comfortably in yeah, front you, of you, you, jump. the ideas you come up with yeah. are incredible. Yeah. I, yeah. I think they... They did this thing, I can't remember where, but they'd, they'd the got a bunch of <laughs> horror writers, um, you know, all together in a room, and they mm-hmm. were chatting about things like, what is the, you know, the scariest things, and they they came up with what would be the most terrifying thing to hear in your house when you know you're the only one there, Ooh. the toilet flushing. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Because oh my God. Oh, there is no reason why it would flush, unless someone flushed it. Yeah, that is actually terrifying. <laughs> yeah. I've got shivers. Unless yeah. though some of those like old toilet things, the cisterns do like flush themselves out after a while. Yeah, yeah, they would. Yeah. But even but still, still they'll like yeah. I mean, like you try telling yourself that. But yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> but it goes back to that. I think you know when you're lying in bed and yeah. everything is very dark and mm. your eyes can't adjust. Yeah. So and you're sort of half asleep. Yeah, and, and so your brain fills in the blanks. gaps. Yeah. And it always, well, like, I think the, the theory is that it always goes to the thing that you sort of fear the most or, like, something that would unsettle you because you don't know. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's just in case, I suppose, in a yeah. biological yeah. way, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, what yeah. if it was what a tiger? Exactly. Yeah. Like, it gets you hyped up <laughs> yeah. to fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ah, that explains why I don't sleep much now. <laughs> You're always waiting for that tiger. I am. Yeah. But when it arrives, <laughs> you will be ready. <laughs> yeah. Prepared. I mean... We'll put that in your obituary. <laughs> she was ready. <laughs> the tiger wasn't. The tiger wasn't. <laughs> okay, so we've uh, we've all picked uh, a couple of ghost stories, ones mm-hmm. that we have uh, some loose connection to, mm-hmm. either geographical or personal. <clears throat> um, who would like to go first? I've talked a lot, so... Do you, you want guys. to start? Okay, I will start. Yeah, you okay, can start. My story is The White Lady of Castle Knock. Which you two may remember because I think I did a presentation on this in second year. In I, d- I remember something yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, um, Castlenock is a village to the northwest of Dublin. So it just past Chapel Lizard, like past the, the Phoenix Park. And it was at one stage a barony, a barony of Castlenock, owned mm-hmm. by the Tyrrells, I think. And uh, sort of Norman settlement. And there is a castle in Castlenock, which is where the ca- name comes from. <laughs> And currently, on the site where the old castle was, there's still some of the ruins, but it's now a school. 
Castlenock College. And my dad mm. went to Castlenock College. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was a boarding school. Well, when he was there, it was mixed boarding and day. He was a boarder. It's now all a day school. I think it's the Vincentians who set it up. I don't know. Um, but there's a lot of history around there. Like, there's an old um, burial kern, which, according to some legends, is the burial place of Cool, father of Fionn okay. McCool, of mm. the Fianna fame. But the Norman castle still stands there, and it is said to be haunted. Haunted by Eileen O'Brien, the White Lady. Now, there's a number of different versions of the stories that I'll talk about later, but this is the one I found. Uh, in the end, around the 15th century, uh, the Tyrrells were still, you know, in Castlenock, still being the barons. And at the time, the baron was, uh, he was Hugh Tyrrell. But he was away and he left his brother, Robert Tyrrell, in charge. And Robert was a man known for his appetites. He liked good wine, he liked food, and he liked women. And he would like to surround himself by other men who similarly mm -hmm. liked these things. And when they all got together, things would get more than a little bit rowdy. And he had a reputation, people would stay away from him. They would be carousing late into the night. They'd then drunkenly ride out and cause all sorts of mayhem. But one day they took it into their head to abduct the daughter of a Wicklow chieftain called... Eileen O'Brien. Her mm. father was Chieftain O'Brien. They took her and they took her to the castle and locked her in one of the towers and then went down to celebrate, carousing away. Uh, and Eileen was left terrified in the tower because she knew the reputation of Robert Tyrrell. Eileen's father, though, this was the last straw. Uh, the Tyrrells, they'd been terrorising the location. So he went to Dublin, went into the Pale, and appealed to the Knights of St. John to join forces with him and rescue his daughter. And so they, he set out with the Knights of St. John in an army to besiege the Norman Castle. But Norman castles are, they're built for sieges. <laughs> yeah. And if um, Tyrrell had stayed in the castle, it's likely it would have been impregnable. But he wasn't going to cower behind his walls like a child hiding behind its mother's skirts. He was going to go out and face them. And that went quite badly for him. And the story would have had a happy ending, except that Eileen was locked in her tower, didn't know her father was coming to rescue her, knew the reputation of the man who had imprisoned her, and when she heard someone coming up the tower steps, in a panic, she opened a vein in her neck with her brooch clasp and died. And it's said that her ghost still haunts the place. And for many, many years there was talk of late at night people would see a woman, a white figure, walking around the castle. And the castle slowly fell into disrepair and became ruins and was then bought by uh, the priests and they were turning it into a school. But when they were building the school, the workmen they kept complaining they would feel weird, they'd get a strange feeling. And if they were working at dusk, they would see a woman. And the thing was, this woman, she wasn't always walking on the ground. They were digging up the foundation, so earth had been dug out, earth had been piled up. And she was walking on what's described as the level of what the ground was. And they got freaked out and refused to have anything to do with it. So the priests came, and the thing I like is, they didn't perform an exorcism. They laid her soul to rest. That's Aww. how it's described, which I think is quite nice because 
it sort of said that, oh, because she died of suicide, even though it was explained that's why her soul was still being tormented and still wandering around, but that the priest, rather than an exorcism, which is quite a violent thing, they, mm-hmm. they laid her to rest, mm. and her soul was never, the ghost was not seen again. But the story lived on, because when my dad was there, they used to have White Lady Day. <laughs> yes. Uh, the, the teachers seem to have worked out, okay, the, the boys are going to know about this story. Yeah. When, if we try to stamp it out, it'll just get stronger. So on a certain day, when they had a half holiday, it was tradition that some of the older boys would dress up in sheets <laughs> and run into the dormitory of the first years and scare the living daylights out. Oh my God. And this continued for many years until one day the white lady came armed with water pistols. <laughs> and, uh, the, the, and then, yes. Yeah. And I did the, we did a documentary theatre uh, uh, module in second year and I did it on the white lady thing and I talked to my dad and got his story and I did some research. So when my dad was around, he, the story was that Eileen had been the wife of the Baron mm-hmm. and that because she refused to give in to his lascivious desires, he had locked her in a tower until she starved. I then, uh, one of the girls in our class was, her brother was a current student, so I went and spoke to him. And the story that was going around with his generation was that she had been again the wife, but that she had had an affair and that her husband, so enraged by this, threw her out a window. Oh. So the story over the generations and the word of mouth has changed and Eileen has gone from being a victim of abduction to an abused wife to an adulterous wife, which I don't really like that progression of her. Interesting how things can evolve like that. Yeah, I suppose the story gets changed and people tell, and there are other stories of... Uh, I can't remember where it is, but there's a spite wall, which is, I, 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 I will I will tweet out the full details. Mm-hmm. Um, but this uh, rich landlord somewhere in Ireland, his well, he was convinced his wife was having an affair. She wasn't. Um, so he locked her in, on a set of apartments in the house. Uh, but then because she could still out and look at the garden, he had this huge sort of folly style wall built to block her view. Uh, and the spite wall and she was locked in there for about 20 years till he died and one of her sons let her out oh my yeah. god so there's sort of different bits of stories get mixed, mixed up, up and up together in. yeah 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 that's fascinating yeah. and so awful so awful I know. you'd let her have a bloody window wouldn't you like come on well <laughs> uh, women didn't <clears throat> legally exist yeah, yeah sorry I forget about that once you were married <laughs> your existence was subsumed into that of your husband exactly yeah. she led to some very interesting court cases so that's the story of the white lady of Castlenock and if you go out to Castlenock it's a a really interesting area like um, Brian the Bruce he he was like a Scottish king yeah Um, he did a sort of in the early Norman period he he did a brief sort of trying to conquer Ireland Uh, well his brother was already based here and they were like look let's get rid of the English and he came over and he managed to take the fortress of Castle Knock and he was like, yeah, we're going to do it. And then he realised, oh, Dublin is a lot harder to take. <laughs> they, they've got a lot more soldiers in this castle. But he like he was there for a while and there's the the, the tomb of possibly Finn McCool's father and there's Chapel mm-hmm. Isolt, yeah. which is based on the Chapel of Isolt, which is the Tristan and Isolde story. Yeah. Oh, is that it? Yeah. yeah. Well, Isolde's tower is in yeah. Temple, Temple Bar. Bar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Chapel Isolt is meant to be where she's buried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's a it's a really interesting area. It's got a lot of local 
legend and lore and mm -hmm. stories. And you can go out and you can see, uh, you can go see the ruins of the Norman Tower. It's um, maybe don't do it during term time because there is a, a functioning school there. And they <laughs> might have a few questions as to why you're wandering right. out in yeah. school grounds. Should we do like a mobile yeah. podcast and do a day trip <laughs> during Halloween when they're on half term? Oh. oh, no, we should go to the Hellfire Club. I think we should go to the yes, Hellfire Club at night time. Yeah, Let's go camping. You have a tent. <laughs> Not anymore. I, I, I don't. I don't like mud. Yeah, no, true, and I like a shower in the like morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or we could just do the haunted bus tour. Oh yeah, that would. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's a that's the story of the White Lady of Castlenock, which is a story I got from my dad. Very cute, me. Yeah. Very cute. Um. Yeah. Well. Uh. My story also have a connection to it. I am originally from Belfast. I would never have guessed. Never <laughs> guessed. I don't talk about it at all. You haven't got any accent. No accent. Um. And. <clears throat> So Belfast is a pretty haunted city, like, yeah, yeah like, uh, from the Titanic and loads of people being killed everywhere. <laughs> Just the, there's, like, a lot of sort of cosmic energy going around it. And, like, my granny used to tell me ghost stories when I was a kid about, there was one about, um, it was kind of like a nursery rhyme, but it was kind of like a scary nursery rhyme. So it was about, um, you know, you'd find a, a bag outside your school one day and you wouldn't look inside and you'd take it home leave it outside your front door because your mum wouldn't let let it into the house and um you know you'd be in bed and you just hear the door creeping open <gasps> mary's coming up one stair mary's <laughs> coming up two stairs and i'll get all the way up to mary's coming up ten stairs mary's gotcha and it's basically about um uh, a decapitated nun's head. Oh, lovely! That you just bring out to your house, <laughs> or you. you know, like. What that's connected to, like Bloody Mary? I, yeah. It must be something from that, right? Because, yeah. like, why else would you? I don't know. You know, have yeah, a decapitated I Mary. I suppose Mary is is quite a common name. It is quite a common name. Yeah. Or yeah, or there's just you know sightings of the Banshee's comb oh, or yes. whatever. But one that oh, for people who don't know about the oh. Banshee's comb. Uh, it's uh, it, like a silver comb that the banshee uses to comb her hair and she leaves it around the place so like if you see it uh, it's a bit like the black dog isn't yeah. it like if you see it you know that you're going to die and if you pick it up you your see. whole family yeah your whole family so if you yeah. see a comb on the ground especially a silver one don't pick it up just don't touch it just don't touch it, all right? Just, if you see strange things on the ground in Belfast, just don't pick them up. <laughs> yeah, probably best to not touch them anyway. Um, but this one, the story that I found um, is about an old match factory. I think it was the 1880s when this happened. So it was a, a, a match factory called Lucifer's Match Factory. So <laughs> I think they were just... In that song, um, Pack Up Your Troubles and You'll Creep Back. Back up your troubles in your old kit bag and smile, smile, smile. While you've a Lucifer to light your back, smile, boy, that's the star. Ah. Yeah, because I was just reading something and like, I think that's, yeah, that's what you called <laughs> matches or like or it was something. A brand of matches? Yeah. A brand yeah. of matches. Or something. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So this was called Lucifer's Match Factory or it was a type of match or something like that. But it, the reason it caught my eyes because I thought they were ridiculously tempting feet. <laughs> um, well, but, Lucifer means light bringer, so the match is a light bringer. Oh, yeah. Does it? Yeah. Uh, before Lucifer was kicked out of heaven, he was an angel. He was yeah. Lucifer, which means light bringer. actually not that bad a guy, really, when you check yeah. him out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Doesn't actually show up in the Bible that much. Yeah. Oh, 
Oh, unreal. Yeah. Learn something new every day. We need to do a different episode on devils. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, back in the 1880s, there was a match factory, Lucifer's Match Factory, in Millfield Place, which is where the Smithfield Market is now, if anybody knows Belfast. Um, and it was getting on grand. Not a bother at all. Loads of matches, loads of business. Yeah. Um, but then one day, unfortunately, the match factory burnt down. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> now everyone should have seen this coming but it was still a great blow to the community um, and unfortunately four children died in the fire one of which was the factory owner's daughter oh. who was sort of you know working there at the time That's, um, that would be unusual um, the factory owner's daughter to be working there I'm not sure to be quite honest but I do know that like Belfast because it had the industrial revolution yeah and there like, would have been a lot of children working there but yeah. you normally assume that like the owner would be a wealthy would be yeah 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 unless she was just visiting or something uh, well in the in the version that I found she was working there uh-huh. maybe maybe, mm-hmm. maybe he started out working you know um, low level in a factory yeah, and was like well you're my daughter but you're going to yeah. you know exactly character you know? building yeah teach her <laughs> hard graft like exactly you know yeah um, so unfortunately four kids passed, one of which was the, the daughter and the entire place was just completely burnt down to the ground and everyone was, you know, very, very upset, yeah. obviously, yes, but then in the nights after it burnt down, people living in the area complained that they heard children screaming every night from where the old factory used to be. And this went on for years and years or no like in the interim you know went on and um nobody could ever find any reason for it you know they went out on searches and and they couldn't find any bodies or any kids or anything and they eventually rebuilt the factory and it was working away fine but still every night they could hear these horrible birds of blood curdling screams and then finally the entire building was demolished to build the new uh, market, and that's when the screaming stopped. So, mm, creepy. Yeah. And yeah. that's the story of Lucifer's Match Factory. Yeah. 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 Damn. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hearing children screaming at night. And imagine that every single night for years. Yeah, you just get sick of it, really, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, you know, like, here you shut up. <laughs> Quit your slobbering. Get over it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I thought that was... Horrible thing to think about, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know? That's definitely shivers down the spine. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've got a small dog next to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, my, my story is not so nearly so sinister. It's <laughs> just an adventure attached to it. So I... Because, like, yeah, ghosts was one of those things I was obsessed with as a kid, and I, I definitely knew lots of stories back then. They've sort of gone out of my head recently, but I was like, I wonder if there's any local ghosts to where I live. So mm. I'm living in, um, in Monkstown in Dublin. And I thought, I wonder, you know, I wonder if there's any ghosts knocking around that I could go visit, you know, as you do. <laughs> as you do. Uh, so, and apparently there is one literally just down the road from where I'm living. Oh, so, handy. So, um, yeah, the Widow Gamble, apparently, Ooh. she is called. Um, That's a good name for a ghost. Yeah, it is, I, I like that. I think her name was, was, like, Gamble. I thought she might have had a problem, but no. <laughs> um, so, her ghost is said to, uh, to haunt Carrick Brennan Graveyard, which is just down near Monkstown Avenue. Um, and also Monkstown Castle and Mount Town, apparently. 
she typically carries an axe in one hand and a key in another, apparently. Oh. So, um, yeah. She's, she's always ready. <laughs> she's always exactly. ready. <laughs> so I went and had a chat with her about that now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, so now I did find, I found this story on, on sort of like a forum on the internet where they were sort of discussing local, mm. local legends. And it says that, um, so the ghost of a widow is said to walk this hill. The story goes that she was responsible for the betrayal of a group of religious people that hid from Cromwellian troops in the area. Because of the widow's actions, the group was arrested and executed. As, an, as a result of this treacherous deed, the widow was doomed to walk the hill forevermore as penance. And local people are said to have seen the apparition both on the hill and in the graveyard, where she's seen wandering despite the gates to that place uh, be, like being locked. Um, another witness apparently saw her coming out of the castle ruins, and again she... Was hold, she held in one hand, um, as she was seen to have done in the graveyard, a large key. In the other hand, she held what looked like an axe. On a later occasion, the apparition was seen coming from the ruins, then heading for the graveyard and passing through the locked gates. Ooh. So, I mean, like, it's just down the road, and we were doing the podcast today, so I figured I'd go for a walk. Um, didn't encounter her. Very right, sad. Well, what time Very are you going sad. for a walk yeah. Uh, typically about 11 o'clock at night is when I go for a walk. Oh, so right, it's a walk dark. Then. It wasn't midnight, so look, uh, I have a plan. I'll go again tonight. <laughs> um, I might and if no one ever sees Georgia again. <laughs> Just, you know, remember, it wasn't the tiger who got me. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, there, were, there, there was a fox that spooked me. So <laughs> I, I will If you ever hear a fox scream. Oh, oh God. God yeah, they're awful. Yeah. We have, a, we have a family fox who live behind us and the dogs regularly bark at them. But I did once, I'd fallen asleep downstairs and so I woke up at about three in the morning because there was this awful screaming coming from outside and then the dogs yeah. went mad and I noticed yeah. the foxes. Yeah. There yeah. wasn't any, yeah. no. No, it's just the foxes. Dead children or anything. No, no but you could mistake the scream of a, a fox for a dead child. You I could. always thought, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Actually, yes. sounds like a toddler who's in grave danger, yeah. Yeah, in my experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Particularly when it's sort of quite in the distance. Because mm-hmm. where like my parents live in County Cork, sort of like on the edge of this valley, and sometimes at night if you can hear it carrying across the valley, yes, it's, and it's, it's just distorted. yeah, blood curdling. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. yeah, so that could be another explanation for some things. It could be urban foxes. Could just be urban foxes. Yeah, you know. Yeah, just disregard anything we've said there. It's all <laughs> urban foxes. It's all the foxes. It's all foxes. Well, foxes. They're all. I mean, foxes are a bit like cats. <laughs> yeah, they're always up to something. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, look, okay, I only have a slight thing about cats. <laughs> <laughs> Sensing some distrust here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hello, Squire. Hello, Squire. You're not a cat. Yeah. Squire, um, do you have any stories? Nah, he'll just cuddle no. you better if you're scared. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a ghost. I don't think I've ever come across anything no, I supernatural. Seen, I haven't seen yeah. a ghost. I went on the, um, in Edinburgh, a, a ghosted haunting walking tour up, and I was a teenager with my dad and my brother, and they took us into... Greyfriars mm-hmm. thing which has the I can't remember the name of it but it's one of meant to be the most active poltergeists in the UK oh, wow. in one of the old mausoleums and we're standing in there and like I was you know something's gonna happen something's gonna happen something's gonna happen and then I woke up the next morning and I um, I'd basically lain in a weird way and the sheets had twisted under me so I had these lines all along my arm and my back but I did for a second think oh, scratch marks <laughs> and then I was like no sheet marks <laughs> damn yeah it's really sad that you really wanted something yeah. to happen. Yeah, it's a sort of a, I, like I as a teenager, I would have been so perfect for a horror film. I would have been such a brilliant 
the first victim accidentally summons up the demon. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Because it was sort of like, don't go into the big old creepy chapel. I'll have to look in the big old I go in. Yeah. I, yeah, I was a bit like that too, especially as a teenager. Cause, and I went to a boarding school and I remember one time we got like, we made an Ouija board. Ooh. And like, yeah, no, it just, it, no, someone was pushing the coin. Yeah. Uh, Something I'd like to try again out of curiosity. I, I've always wanted to do the Ouija okay. board. Well, okay, maybe... Maybe Ouija we will do a special episode. <gasps> a live one. A live, a live Ouija board. The thing about the Ouija board is, due to my dyslexia, <laughs> if letters oh. are just being randomly pointed, I'm not going to be able to read them as words. So someone's <laughs> going to have to uh, tell How me what it's saying. How about you guys take part and I'll like, transcribe. No, because no, no, Georgie, you're part of this too. Your finger has to be on the thing. <laughs> okay, like, okay. I'll, do, I'll do both. Because I clearly, apparently, yeah. am the okay. most connected to ghosts. I can't believe you guys have never... No, never. everyone had... We, so we tried, like, a, a, you know, one of the sleepovers or whatever when we were teenagers. We always said, like, oh, we're going to do one, we're going to do one. And we went up into the attic and then we just completely <laughs> scared yeah. ourselves. We got freaked out. I think the problem is if you go out looking for ghosts because then you're excited about yeah. possibility, you don't get as scared, I think. Yeah. yeah. Or you get more scared. That's what happened to us. We just freaked ourselves out yeah. way too much. See, I was also the kid who, like, I remember at a sleepover, um, some girls decided that they were going to ring 666. When mobiles were new, <laughs> and they they, so they 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 hit ring and they ran out of the room screaming, and I was like, so I was the one who had to go in, pick up the phone. It was like the number you have dialed is not, not in you service. Know, yeah, yeah. I was just I was thinking like it might connect you to the emergency services because if you turn a six of it down, it looks like a nine. Yeah, it, it didn't. Wishful thinking. Mm. Yeah, we did do Bloody Mary though. Oh, I've never. Oh done yeah, did yeah, that in school yeah, as well. yeah. We did Bloody Mary. I wish to, to for people who may not be familiar, what or who is Bloody Mary? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So Bloody Mary. I'm not sure what what she did or why is she cursed. Does anyone really know? Uh there's like a number of suspected origins that yeah. she was a a woman who killed her babies or that she was Bloody Queen Mary. Oh, of or, course. Again, mm. back to poor Mary there. Yeah. Or that she was someone else. Yeah. But there's a load of different... So basically the, the way it goes is that you have to st- stand in front of the mirror and say Bloody Mary into it three times. And turn around. And turn around. Apparently, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. That's Georgie, how we did it. Just not, yeah. <laughs> I freaked out a lot of people that evening. And then... Um, you know, then you sort of like invoke her a bit like Beetlejuice or whatever. And she, uh, she comes out of the mirror. If you see her behind you, isn't it? I think so. She appears like in the reflection you yeah. turn around. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, something like that. And then, do you know, she, you got a haunting. Yeah. Um, on, the, on the subject of shining lights at shadows, yeah. um, I did read somewhere that it was in very low light. When you're, if you're looking at your reflection while your eyes are trying to adjust to... Mm. The lack of light, it can, the image you perceive can be distorted, which yeah. could be an explanation, or you could have just summoned up a demon. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's actually very terrifying. Like looking in the mirror in low light. That's the yeah. thing that spooks me out the most because it's like I'm just gonna see an apparition. Just gonna see, you know. Mirrors are apparition. quite frightening. They are. They're yeah. terrifying, aren't they? It's like, did you? Did any of you watch Supernatural? 
No. Oh, yeah, they. Oh, okay. So like the I I watched like the first two or three seasons, and they did a very good Bloody Mary episode, Ooh. which was all about mirrors and like her crawling out and haunting. Oh, okay. So I it's spookaroo, like it's absolute <laughs> spookaroo. Actually, though, very quickly on the topic yeah. of TV shows, did you guys see the Enfield haunting? The dramatization of that whole story from the North of England? No, no, I didn't actually. Uh, it was like so. Oh, I'm, I'm aware of the story. Oh man, it was quite a good TV show, but it was it, it's based on yeah the I. The, this story that came out in like I don't know the 70s yeah it was like two, 60s 70s yeah two little girls in oh god I don't know it was, it like was a, definitely the north of England yeah, and it, was like a, it was like a council house or something so yes. not what you'd expect yeah 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 it wasn't like a big haunted manor thing it was a very yeah. modern building yeah um, and they moved in um, with their with their mother um, and they started apparently there was um, a poltergeist essentially yeah. was the idea now there's been a whole sort of controversy over like were the photos they took faked mm. and like all the ways that they could have faked it um, yeah. but the TV show takes it literally and it is like mm. as if there is a poltergeist in the house and man it's like it's spooky yeah, it's I, real spooky I just remember the, the bit that from hearing the story stood out to me was uh, it seemed to mostly be focused on one of the girls and she was sort of at that young teenage age which mm, seems yeah. to be the most vulnerable to ghosts but she started speaking as if possessed but she was speaking the voice of an old man yeah oh, they did that in the show as well is, yeah that just seems to me quite a terrifying idea yeah yeah absolutely. and the actress who did it was fantastic because she properly like was like whoa you know yeah. it's like a different person yeah, yeah. Um, but is that sort of scary thing about the corruption of innocence i guess as yeah. well particularly with a child of that age sort of thing yeah, yeah. and um, especially because it's usually when they're on the cusp of puberty isn't yeah it? it's yeah. sort of that Again, your emotions are heightened, you're full mm-hmm. of hormones, you're, and you're more susceptible to, to yeah. either imaginations or supernatural forces. Yep. Or both. Or both. <gasps> Same thing. <laughs> so we've, um, we should probably leave it there. We've had, yeah. uh, we've had a story about children ghosts, we've mm-hmm. had treacherous widows, and we've had white ladies, uh, as well as a few other things. Before we leave, though, uh, I just need to do a quick mention. Uh, Lidwig May, you got in touch with us on Twitter again. Uh, just clarifying, uh, in the last episode, a uh, few things I said about uh, Titan, is it Titan? Typhon, uh, father of Cerberus, the three-headed god. I said he was one of Gaia's first children. Uh, as Ludwig um, told me, he is actually the last and baddest of Earth's children. Mm-hmm. Uh, biggest, baddest, like badassiest, <laughs> uh, and regularly went up against uh, Zeus. Uh, Zeus's last enemy who could only be defeated through trickery. And the reason he has snaky feet is because many Earth deities are represented as snakes. Ah. Which oh. is something I didn't know. There you go. Thank you also for correcting us because it, w- it would have been pretty bad if we'd left those comments and then been smited by him. Exactly. Yeah, yeah got exactly. that wrong. You know. So thank you. And if anyone has uh, anything they want to get in touch with us about, any corrections to make to us. Oh, correction I got from my mother. Um, <laughs> I apologise if I caused any offence to the President of Ireland by referring to him as a leprechaun. Oh, it's a compliment. Michael D, if you're listening, I did not mean to offend you. No. We all love you. We all way. love you. We, we, we do love you and your dogs. Yeah. If anyone wants to get in touch with us, uh, you can get in touch with us through Twitter. We are at Tales Shadows. You can get in touch with us through Facebook. We are Tales from the Shadows. Instagram, Tales from the Shadows. And again, Tales from the Shadows is our theatre group and the social media started before the podcast did and I thought it would be simpler but I've just 
made everything complicated by having two names. <laughs> we're just endearingly quirky. Names. Exactly. Fine. We're endearingly quirky and uh, we, we love hearing for, from you. Yes. So Tell us some of your own ghost stories. Yeah, we'd yeah. love to hear yeah. a couple of ghost stories if you have them. Because yeah. we don't want to sleep tonight, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> no. Sleep. Sleep for the week. Yeah. Um, I've been Emily. I've been Orla. I've been Georgia. And thank you so much for listening to us. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Keep an eye out for our next podcast. Like, subscribe and comment. And we will see you all next time. Bye. Bye. Hey everyone, this is Sarah from Good Nightmare Podcast a podcast where I like to talk about all things strange and unusual, whether it's mysteries, historical crimes, or fairy tale origins. I hope you'll come along for the ride and join me as we delve into some spooky tales. Happy listening.